0: Yeah, can we just thank God for all that he's doing in our church? Um, So what what you just saw was a a little glimpse into an annual report that we put out every year. It's it's live online or on our app right now. And here's my challenge for every person in our church. I want you to go read through our entire entire report. It, It gives you details on just everything God's doing, how you're making a difference, how our church is making a difference. And here's why I want you to do that because I think so many of us were inundated all day long with media and social media feeds of all the negativity going on in our world today. It's so easy to lose hope. And I want you to see that even in the midst of just what God's doing in our church, there's a revival going on. And when you see that number, 4,431 people that gave their life to Jesus and were baptized this past year, That is the largest baptism number we have ever had in the history of our church. That's revival. So we are, we're grateful. And I think that should just give you hope. It should also give you a burning passion to continue to share your faith because God's on the move in our city. And so I want to pray as we start our service and just thank God and ask his hand of blessing to continue to be on our church. Can we pray together? Thank you, Father, for 2022. And we don't want to move on too quickly without just looking back and seeing your faithfulness, seeing the number of kids and students that went to camp, seeing the number of people involved in missions across the world, and seeing people's lives be transformed by the power of your son, Jesus. We thank you, inspire us today to continue to see what you want us to see so we can do what you want us to do to reach this valley for Jesus. And we pray this in your powerful name, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, my very first job when I turned 16 is I was a lifeguard. And, uh, what you need to know about my childhood is I pretty much grew up around a pool I was a really small town kid. So we were, I was just around a pool, a public pool, uh, just other pools all the time. And what we did, whether it was, you know, at the public pool or as I was a lifeguard before we ever jumped in the water, we would get right up to the edge of the water. And you probably remember doing this. We would just kind of splash our, our toes in the water. Anybody do this? You kind of just like splash the water, see what it's like. Remember doing that? Sometimes people would come up behind you without you seeing, you know, like push you into the water, you'd be so mad. But what you were doing and what I was doing is you were just, you were testing the water before you jumped in. And I just wanna acknowledge right up front that there's some of you here at our church, that's where you are. Like you, you are kinda of testing the waters of CCV. And you wanna know, is, is this place really real? Like is, is what I'm seeing authentic? And is, is Jesus really Someone who can change my life. And I just want to let you know, if that's you, we're so crazy, incredibly, just glad you're here, love you're here, love that you're here, and I want to tell you, you can test the waters as long as it takes. And no one's going to push you in, by the way. <laughs> you no know, one's going to like throw you in. But I would tell you, at some point, you want to go all in. You want to just have your feet dabbling in the water. You want to be all in 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 your faith. And that's really what this series we've been in has been all about. It's a faith-building series, and we're in week four of of the series, and today's message is really unique compared to the other messages, because normally when I'm preaching, I'm preaching to everyone, whether you're here and it's like a first or second date with CCV, and you're like, I don't know yet, or you've been here 30 years. I like teaching to everybody, but today I'm going to narrow my focus, and I want to speak just to those of you that would say, Ashley, I'm all in. Like, I love my church. This is my church. In fact, I wanna to talk to those of you that, that understand the importance of a local church. Like, you, you would say you understand the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. When Jesus was getting ready to leave this earth, he gathered all of his disciples together and, and just put yourself in Jesus' shoes. He's gonna leave. He's gonna die and he's gonna leave this earth and he has to put in place a plan to share his message with everyone and change our world What's his plan gonna be? Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Jesus said this: I will build something. And all the powers of hell can't conquer it. The gates of hell can't even come up against what I'm gonna build. I gotta build something. What's Jesus gonna build? Well, I gotta build my business, right? No, business is come and go. You know that, right? Oh, well, I gotta build my social media platform, okay? Let's do that. Well, no, that's not what he's going to build. i got to build my political party. No. Well, at least I'll, I'll build a nonprofit. There's one nonprofit that will kind of change the world. No. I'll build my Netflix you know, media empire. If we just get Christian videos everywhere, it's going to change everything. Now, all those are important, by the way. You know, of others are not important. But what did Jesus say was the one thing he was going to build to change our world? Say it a lot if you know it. The church. she said, I will build my church. Now let this sink in for just a minute. What Jesus is saying is this. He's saying this. He's saying Jesus' plan A for sharing his message and changing the world is the church. And guess what? There's no plan B. Like that's it. Now when I say church, I don't mean just CCV. Please hear that really clearly today. Jesus said the church, any church that preaches Jesus, we're just one of those local churches, but we take our responsibility for sharing the message of Jesus with our city crazy seriously. We have, we have to because Jesus also said where much is given, much is required. And we've been given a lot. You may not know this, we're the largest church in our city, largest church in our state, and probably one of the top five largest churches in the country. God has given us a lot We have to take that seriously. So I'm just talking to those of you that get it. You understand the power of the local church and what it's done for your life. I'm talking to those of you that say this. Like I just love the excellence at our church. I love the excellence in the teaching that we stand strong on God's word and we're not gonna bend. You love our music. You love our kids' ministry. You love our missions program to send people to impact the world. You love how we love our city. Some of you have have kids. You drop them off our kids' ministry. You pick them up, and they're like, Mom, Dad, I can't wait to go back. And you're like, Seriously? You're like, Yeah. And you can't believe how much they're learning. Or you have a teenager, and you can't believe how our student ministry is helping really keep them grounded. Because if you haven't had a teenager yet, your voice as a parent goes way low, and you need someone pouring into them, right? Right? Or you might be a young adult here or you're in college and, you know, if you're on a university campus today that's not a Christian college and even some Christian colleges today, there's not a lot of truth there. And And you need to be in a place where you can be grounded in the truth and you don't have to bend in your faith. And some of you young adults are, you're just so thankful for this place for that. Some of you grandparents today, you don't like our music. Is that fair? Okay. Let's just be honest. But what you would say is I will put up with anything. To see my kids and grandkids on fire for Jesus, right? You're like, I can put up with that. Right, so come on, now, come on, grandparents, where are you at? You know, um, Hey, some of you uh, ladies, I'm talking to ladies here today who would say this. I never thought I'd be able to get my husband to church. And here he is, and he's changing, and he's leading. And if your husband isn't here yet, listen, we're going after him, all right? <laughs> we are. I'm talking to those of you that would say this. This church saved my marriage. You know where you were at. You'd say, this church changed one of my kids. In fact, for some of you, you walked into CCV for the very first time in such a a messed up mental state and you're so broken, you would even say this church saved your life. I'm talking to those of you today that would say, I love my church. Now, that's not all of you. Some of you are still checking things out and you get to listen in today like a fly on the wall in a family meeting, okay? Okay. Well, what I'm going to ask those of you that would say, I'm in, I love my church, I have one question I want us to wrestle with today, and here's the question. Do you have a plan to financially support the church you love? Now, isn't that a fair question? In other words, the title of this message is, I'm invested. Are you invested? Do you have a plan? And we have a plan for so many things in life, right? I'm going to plan for my future, my retirement, everything else. Do you have a plan for the most important thing in this world, the church? and to support the church you love. Now when I say plan, I don't mean that every once in a while you, know, you kinda chuck a few bucks here or there. I mean, do you have a weekly, a bi-weekly, a monthly? Is it a plan? That's what a plan is, a strategic plan to support the church you love. Now the reason this question's so relevant, and this will surprise some of you, but I'm just gonna be factual, today, of people that regularly attend our church don't have a plan. They love our church. and may be engaged here. They just don't have a plan to support the church that they love. Now, when I see that 56%, just being honest, kind of hurts my feelings. (laughs) You can laugh a little bit. Come on. You know, people always clam up on this topic. Some of you brought someone new. You're like, why this weekend? (laughs) Why? But remember, I'm not talking to that person you brought. I'm talking to you, the person that you told them, you invited them, you said, you're gonna love my church. So if you're that person that's new, here's what I would do. After the service, over lunch or dinner, just say, hey, are you one of the 56%? (laughs) Super awkward for them, very fun for you, right? No, honestly, um, I've, I've been doing this long enough that, it doesn't really surprise me, in fact, it's, it's pretty average for churches. Um, six years ago, that number was 76%. This is pretty average for churches. But we're not an average church. Do you want to be an average church? In fact, do you want to be average in your faith, you as a follower of Jesus, I hope not, but this is just an area where so many Christians struggle, and my opinion is that is why when Jesus, all the words of Jesus in the New Testament, Jesus talked more on this topic than any other topic except for one, the kingdom of God. Why? Because he wants us to get it, and some of us just haven't got it yet, and if, and if you haven't understood the, the centrality and the importance of tithing in the life of a follower of Jesus, I'm not talking about that today. I've taught on that in the past. If you've struggled with that, I challenge you to go back and listen to a message I did in November called The Mechanics of Generosity. I challenge you. I double-dog dare you to listen to that message and just let God speak to you. But that's not what I'm going to talk about today. What I want to talk about today is just three reasons I think people don't have a plan to support the church that they actually love. And here's reason number one they've just never really thought about it. It's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. Right, just out of sight, out of mind. Hey, Jamie sent me to the grocery store with a list, and I've come home with a bag of Cheetos, not even anything on her list, right? And it was like right in front of me. So think about how forgetful we are. Some of you are just like, I've just never really thought about it. And by the way, I think that's fair at CCV because it's surprising how little we oftentimes talk about this on the weekend. Not as near as much as Jesus did. In fact, I did the math this week We've, done, we've planned out every series, every message for 2023. 4% of the weekends we have at CCV even talk about this topic. That means 96% of the time, if you come and you were planning on us reminding you to have a plan, to put a plan in place, you're out of luck. Plus, have you ever seen a church, like have you, have, how many churches do you know that don't pass an offering? You're like, that's right, they don't pass an offering. Yeah, some of, you, some of you don't even, I've never even heard of a church that doesn't pass an offering or pass an offering multiple times throughout the service, right? <laughs> now, we used to, if you've been around CCD for any amount of time, we used to pass an offering. We used to pa- pass a black bucket that looked like this. Anybody remember this? Right, this, back, this bucket would come down your aisle and you know, you pretend not to, but you're smart people, you look inside. Oh, you know, you'd be like, well, that's kind of nasty, you know? <laughs> And then you see like a you know a couple five dollar bills maybe a twenty, and you know you you might pull out something and that was kind of your plan like whatever I have on me I'll like chuck a little bit in there which is not a plan by the way that's kind of wishful thinking but you know you you look inside and you see a couple twenties or maybe a ten and and you're smart people you're smart people here's what you're thinking something's going on around here because there ain't no way this is paying for all this like you look at the lights and the excellence and the programming and what your kids get and all the ways that you're investing you're like, there is no way this is paying for all this. Hey, I did that all the time. I was like, mm. you know, you ever, you ever wondered how everything functions? Like how does everything even get funded here at CCV? You ever wondered that? I'm just going to tell you straight up. There's a magic tree in the back that grows money. <laughs> no, there's no magic tree. And by the way, we don't get a dime from any outside organization. You want to know the simple fact of how everything at this church is funded to do ministry? 100% is funded by the 44% of people that have a plan to support the church they love. Everything is funded by the 44%. In fact, let me take it a layer deeper just to be factual. Actually, 80% of what happens at CCV is funded by about 20%. It's the 80-20 principle that's in play. It's... It's funded around here by people that take seriously what, what God's word says in Malachi chapter 3. That what would we do? We'd bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. The tithe is simply the bringing the first, first 10% back to God, and the storehouse was a room that was connected with the temple at the time, and Scripture goes on to tell us that you should do that, that there may be what? Say it out loud. There, there would be food in my house. Now, I've never taught on this before, but you know what the word food means? The food means something that nourishes you. And if you're here today and and you've been nourished, you're you're being spiritually nourished by the ministry of this church, I just want you to know that your nourishment is possible because of the 44% of people that have a plan to put God first and they have a plan to financially support the church that they love. And by the way, the reason we stopped passing the offering, you wanna know why? We found that about 90% of people that financially support our church—this is just a sign of our times—they all give online. They all give electronically, just like you do your banking and Uber Eats and everything else in your life, right? And so that's what we do. And by the way, that's what my wife and I do. Um, and it's so easy to set up. We have a very safe and secure process. You can um, get on. You can get online and you can go to our Give link, whether on our website or our mobile app, and guess what? You can set up a plan. It's so simple. You put in an amount that you wanna give on a regular basis, and you can set it up to do a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly. You can set it up for the 1st and the 15th. However works for you, based on how you're paid, you can set up a plan, and my wife and I have done that. I will never ask you to do something that, that I will not role model myself. My wife and I, Every time we get paid, the very first thing that ever comes out of our account is our giving to the local church. And we're bringing back to God as he's blessed us. That's what we've done. And you can simply set that up. That's, that's why we stop passing the bucket. And that's how most people give around here. Now, we still have... Offering, you know, receptacles in the back of rooms where if you wanna give by cash or a check and someone's like, some millennial's like, what's a check, dad? It's like, you can Google it, but that, I mean, we used to have checks, but if that's how you wanna give, you can still do that, but most people give online. And I wanna challenge you to continue, if you haven't yet, to, to make God first in this area. And it's tough for some of us, but I'm just telling you, when you, when you put God first, he has a way of taking care of all the rest because he's first. And God can't bless any area of your life where he's not first. So, for, but, but for some of you, you just never thought about it. You haven't really thought about it much. So I just helped you today. You just thought about it. Okay? Now that's some of you. Probably a small piece of you. The bigger bucket of some of you today, the reason you don't have a plan is this. You look around and you say, this church doesn't look like they need it. Is Is that fair? Like, I seem to be doing just fine. Now, you've been to churches that look like they need it, right? You walked in, the roof's falling apart, the buildings look all decrepit, you walk in the kids' ministry, smells like a seventh-grade locker room, you're like, wow. You drop your kids off, you pick them up, hey, how'd it go? Mom, Dad, please don't ever, don't ever send us back there again, ever. You know, you're in the middle of the service, you look over your husband, he's sleeping, drool coming down his face, you know? So you've been to churches like that that look like they need it. They need my money. I grew up in a church like that. I fell asleep in church all the time growing up, right? So you got fed up with a church like that. You came to CCV and you love it. You love how engaged you are. You love that you're leaning in. You're actually learning. You're being nourished. But you look around this place and you're like, they seem to be doing just fine without me. Plus, no one's getting up and begging me for money all the time, and that's what you love about CCV. But if that's you, and you've kind of like, hey, you, you haven't given, or you haven't put a plan in place, a really a set plan in place, because it doesn't look like they need it, I just want you to see how irrational your rationale may be. You ready? This is where some of us are at. See, we'd say this. You don't want to attend a church that always needs your money. That's why you may have left a church or why you didn't go to another church, why you're here, but you don't give to a church that looks like they don't need your money, like CCV, which means you never plan to give to a church you actually want to attend. (laughs) Let that sink in for a second. That should be a little humorous for some of you. You're like, wait a second, I think he's right. I don't want to go to a place that needs my money. But I don't want to give to a place that looks like they don't need my money. I never plan to give ever to a place I attend. Now, what am I supposed to do with that? Like, I don't know what we do with that. I guess I, guess I could gather all of our campus pastors together and all of our leadership and be like, Hey, guys, listen, listen. I know we take... Financial responsibility, crazy, serious around here. We have budgets and accountability, and we say we are stewards. Every dollar we're gonna steward. But guys, I need you to throw that out the window. For the next six months, I need you to spend us into oblivion. We need to go broke. Then I could stand on stage, and I could be like, I got some tough news, CCV. Folks, folks, friends, we're broke. And then I could start telling some really sad stories, right? I'd bring, you know, I'd be like, do you care about the babies? Do you? I'd bring a little baby on stage, little Sydney. I'd be like, last week, little Sydney's parents said they were never going to come back because she had diaper rash so bad because we didn't have any diapers to change her diaper. Is that the kind of church you want to be a part of? You want the hallways? They all smell like poop now. Is that what you want? Plus, now we're so broke, we're going to have to sell one of our buildings, probably the kids' building, and the only buyer is a strip club out of Vegas. You want a strip club on this church? (laughs) Now, I could, you know, it's like, is that what you want me to do? You want me to just be crazy irresponsible so we need it? No, because you'd be so frustrated at some point. You get crazy frustrated with that. Just think about your own personal life. In your, no, forget the church. In your personal life, do you like going places and doing business with places that need your money or places that provide excellent goods and services? Yeah, back in 2020, when JCPenney declared bankruptcy, you remember that? Did you get all your friends and family together and go, guys, listen? Listen, I know you like shopping at Nordstrom and Target and getting all your clothes off Amazon, but from this point forward, you are not allowed to shop anywhere else except for JCPenney. They need our money. They're going bankrupt. Would you do that? Did you do that? No, you looked at JCPenney and you're like, sucks to be you. So here's the question, why would you support Apple and Amazon and Starbucks and Disney more than the church you love? When your marriage hits a roadblock and it's falling apart, you going to call Mickey? <laughs> Hi, this is Mickey. Um, Just wish upon a star, it's gonna be fine. No. Hey, when one of your kids or your teenagers is in a pit and you have no idea what to do, you're gonna call up Starbucks? You're gonna call Tim Cook on your iPhone? No, what are you gonna do? You're gonna turn to the church you love. And by the way, it's exactly what we want you to do. It's what you should do. And guess what? Here's the best thing about our church. When you turn to the church you love, no one, no one is checking to see if you have a plan to financially support the church you love. That's irrelevant to us. Always. We're here to serve you. And with the message of Jesus, that transforms lives, whether you give or not. But here's the facts. We actually need the other 56% of you to develop a plan to support the church you love. Not because we're not going to be able to turn on the lights next weekend. By the way, you have any idea what our utility bill is every month at CCV? Just take a guess in your mind right now. Just put put a number in your mind. What do you think it is? Our utility bill is $180,000 a month. You thought your bill was high, yeah, yeah. You're like, how could that be? Guys, we're going on 15 campuses, almost 750,000 square feet of buildings to do ministry and see lives changed. That's what it costs. We don't need the other 56% of you because we're gonna have to sell a building or shut down our kids' ministry or we gotta raise the prices in our coffee shop and all of our food service. By the way, did you know at CCV, the way we price all of our food service and our grills and our coffee and our Bibles and anything that we put, you know, apparel, did you know between those, we price it to completely break even? We don't make one dime. We actually lose a little bit of money. Some, of you, some businessmen is in the audience are going like, well, why don't you make some money off that stuff? Let me tell you why. Because I never want someone walking into one of our churches and ever confusing us with a business versus a ministry with the message of Jesus. That's what we're about. And so here, hey, you need to hear my commitment to you. This is my commitment. Our whole entire staff knows this. We will never monetize one thing at this church from our music that we produce. We don't make make anything off that. Neither do any of our musicians. From every resource we create to how we price everything from our camps to classes to dad-daughter coming up, we make money off none of that. Why? Because we are about the message of Jesus. And I don't want anyone to confuse that. And I don't want us to get off mission. Remember in Jesus' day, Jesus walked into what was kind of their church at the time, the temple. Remember what he saw? He saw people at tables making money off people walking into church. What did Jesus do? He's going to flip those tables over. I don't want ever Jesus walking in here and doing that. We cannot get off mission. In fact, Jesus said this in Matthew ten eight: freely you have received, freely give. That's our mantra as a church. You will freely receive the message of Jesus, so freely give. Now, you know why we need the other 56% of you to develop a plan to financially support the church that you love? It's because we have a vision to reach the entire valley for Jesus. The future of the church in America and the world depends on Christians stepping up. And I don't know if you realize this or not, but we're running short on time. I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but as far as I can tell, it's gonna be sooner rather than later. And we have to have a burning hot urgency to reach every person in our city with the message of Jesus Christ, every person. So we can't be a complacent church We can't look at our 2022 results and be like, well, that's all good. Let's kind of call it good. We can't look at last week and go, we had 39,000 people show up at church across all of our campuses. Wow, look at that. Even if we had 40,000 people showing up, do you realize we live in the fifth largest city in the country? If we had 40,000 people, we are reaching less than 1% of our city. So what I like to tell our staff is we're not a big church. The only reason we consider ourselves a big church is compared to other churches, which is a terrible comparison. We compare ourselves to our vision. So we, according to our vision, we're a small church with a really big vision. And we have to get passionate about reaching people for Jesus, so you need to know, here's what's coming up for us, because we're not stopping reaching people. We will reach every man, woman and child with the message of Jesus until Jesus comes back. We have to. We have to. And so this year, this year, this has never happened before. We're going to open three campuses this year, okay? And next month, next month, we'll open up our Maryvale campus right next to GCU to reach a part of our city that has, there's not many churches there. On, at Easter, we'll open our downtown campus, which I, I told you about last week in a part of our city that there are not many churches. Uh, later this summer into the fall, we'll launch our North Surprise campus in a, a really booming part of our, of our city. And then this year, we break ground on two campuses that will launch in 2024, our, our permanent Queen Creek campus in Queen Creek and a campus in Maricopa, a booming part of our city that, that, that there's not hardly any churches. And hey, God willing, by the end of this year, I'll be able to tell you three to four more locations that we've secured for our future so that every person in our city can find Jesus, that's what we're about. Now I don't know about your personal life, but the costs of everything are going up. The cost for us to build a to build a ground up campus, which is our preference, it now costs us about fifteen million dollars to build a campus. We need every person to have a plan. And here's my goal. My goal is that we would be one of the leading churches in the country when it comes to our generosity, and that we would be best in class at managing our expenses and stewarding every dollar that we have, and that the difference between our giving and our expenses, we would have a margin that we can use to build these campuses and improve our current campuses so every man, woman, and child in our city has the opportunity to find Jesus. That's our goal. Now listen, we could go borrow money and go into debt up to our eyeballs. We could. Banks would love to lend us money. But why would we wanna pay exorbitant interest to a bank when we can use that money to reach more people for Jesus? Do you see what's on the line for all of us having a plan? But let me talk about the last reason some of you don't have a plan. And this this might be the one where God touches your heart the most. And here it is. You, You just have fear. You you say, I'm worried that I won't have enough. If I put in place a plan to support the church I love, I'm not sure I will have enough. And I get that. I've been where you are at. I've told our story many times when Jamie and I first got married, we were very newer in our faith when it came to this area of what God said about finances. And the first time we ever were reading scripture and really understanding what God said about putting him first in this area, I was scared to death to put in place a plan Because I didn't think we'd have enough. And we put in place our plan. And and every person that has done this, I'm telling you, anyone who's tithed would tell you the same story. When you put God first in an area, he takes care of the rest. But it's your obedience that leads to God's blessing. And the only way you're going to know that is when you step out in faith. That's why this is the one area in all of scripture where you're invited to test God. Did you know that? It's the only area. In fact, that's why Jesus said this in Matthew chapter six, verse nineteen. He said, "Don't store up for yourselves treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. You need to store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Hey, stop storing up everything in earth—house, this, clothes, vacation. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths don't eat them, where where thieves don't break in and steal. How do you invest? How do you store up things in heaven?" It's by people finding Jesus, primarily through the local church. In fact, think about it this way. The campus you're on right now, what you're experiencing right now, is only possible because there was someone years ago that said, I'm gonna put in place a plan to support the church I love. You are the beneficiary of people that put in place a plan. And for the future of the church, the future of the church depends on you doing the same thing. And I get it, you know, you, you, you gotta trust. You gotta trust God on this one. But here's my challenge today just develop a plan to financially support the church that you love. Just sit down, whether you're, if you're here single, go do it. If you're here with your spouse, sit down. And just say, what's gonna be our plan? We have to have a plan. And I say this almost every time I teach on finances. If you think I'm teaching on this to manipulate you or try to swindle you out of your money, don't give a dime here. Don't, I really mean this. But go find a church that you trust their leadership and you trust them and give there. Because I, I am personally heartbroken to see the number of Christians that are not being obedient and even having to plan for the church they love. You know why the church isn't expanding in our world? You know why the church is hurting today? One big reason is because Christians are not giving. We become selfish. We become absorbed with ourselves. And God's calling us out of that to something bigger. And I'm telling you, he has bigger plans for you. Let me talk to one other group of people here today. There's some of you that have been sitting back kind of snug today and you're like, I have a plan. The problem with your plan is that you put this plan in place years ago. And you've just been riding on the same plan. Every week, every two weeks, every month, you give the same amount. But God has increased your income since when you put your plan in place, but your plan hasn't updated with how God's blessed you. And what you have to do is as God blesses you, he has to still be first. And God can also not be first because you're giving off an income level that was way back here. So you gotta go update your plan. And I'm gonna challenge people everywhere. Go update your plan. But for all of us, here's my challenge. Understand that there's a God in heaven that has every resource at his disposal, and he's just waiting for us to unleash our fists of control and say, God, I'm gonna trust you. And so my prayer is that God would strip away your fear He'd strip away any hesitation you have and that you and your spouse or you and whoever you're with just get together this week and just put together a plan. Get online. Go to ccb.church, You can go to our Give. You can go to our mobile app. Just put together a plan. Could you imagine if every single person at our church had a plan? We'd see a move of God like never before and that's what I'm praying for it's what we all want for our city so I'm going to pray for that right now and pray for God to make you courageous this week let's let's pray together father there's a man here right now that is man his heart's beaten because he he's just it worries him to actually take this step of of trust and I just pray you give him the courage to step up and lead his family I pray for a a single parent (laughs) how difficult is that father and yet I pray you, you show them that you can provide for them. And I pray for all of us that we would just put together a plan. And as we put together this plan, would you bless our church and would you see your church expand so more people can find Jesus. And all of us said, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, would you welcome your campus host to the stage? It's gonna give you a couple exciting announcements.